Hey everybody, this is Cliff, and you're listening to Bite Me Podcast, episode 224. We're trying something a little bit different today, uh, not because we actually want to, but because everybody else is gone. Colby's internet went down uh, like the second we were supposed to start recording this, and uh, Dylan was running late for an appointment and then has a Zoom call, so it's kind of all me today, which is Honestly, probably not the optimal bite me experience. Things will probably be strange. I apologize up front. Uh, the good news is, is there wasn't much news. So there's not a lot to go over there. There are some questions. I'm hoping by the time we get to questions, maybe Colby will uh, be able to jump on or Dylan will be able to jump on. We'll be able to do that. If not, I guess this is going to be a short episode. And you're only going to get to hear my opinion, which it's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, all right. To start out, we're going to talk about some news. Uh, we've got Epic Games has purchased uh, the maker of Fall Guys, Mediatonic, Mediatonic uh, State of Decay devs that it is always, State of Decay devs agree that it's always okay to punch Nazis, and xCloud could be streaming in 1080 soon. See, I tell you, there's not much news going on. That's fine, though. We got questions from Vinny, uh, Fear13, Elsareth52, Triple Trouble 88 uh, Rich Deacon, Princess Megan, Another one from Rich Deacon and my lovely wife, Brooke, asked a question. Then we got some cheap free games, a couple things from Epic, uh, some PlayStation Plus, some Game Pass Ultimate. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's what we're going to do to get started. So I guess I'm going to tell you what I've been playing because there's nobody else here. Colby was playing Spirit Fair. He says it's real good. He likes it a lot, but I don't, I don't know any details. That's okay. Uh, this week, I finished up Maneater, the shark attacking people game. Um... I would say overall my review for that is that it's a one trick pony, but that trick is you're a giant shark who has evolved to the point where you have an outside skeleton and when you twirl, you shoot electricity through the water and you you jump out of the water and like just nab a shark hunter off the bow of a ship and then eat him in a bloody mess in the water. Like... If you're going to be a one-trick pony, you may as well be a really, really, really cool shark one-trick pony. Um, the worst thing I will say about that game is that it's repetitive. You very much do the same thing over and over and over and over again in every single section. I think there's like mm, eight different levels, and every level is the same thing. You kill... Uh, you eat a bunch of fish of one type or another, you know, eat 15 of this kind of fish and they're all being defended by, you know, a shark or something. And then, it, you know, kill 15 people on these four different beaches. And, uh, you're going to fight like an apex predator. So there's going to be like a giant, um, shark or a killer whale. Like I killed an orca. I killed a number of Shamus, including actual Shamu maybe. Like it was from an escaped SeaWorld type place. So I may have actually killed an eaten Shamu. Um, I fought a giant sperm whale, you know, stuff like that. So you're going to do that over and over and over again. Um, you're going to collect license plates in every area. You're going to find um, these like points of interest in every area. So it's a game that if you really, really want hundred percent it, there's a lot of stuff to do, but the, the stuff to do is really quite repetitive. But that being said, I think it is, uh, it's fun. It's worth doing what you do. The game said I played it for about 20 hours. I don't, I don't think that's actually true, but I, I suppose it might be. Um, time to beat lists at, at like 8 to 12, so I would say that maybe, and I didn't get anywhere close to 100%ing it, so I don't know, probably in that 10 to 15 hour game. Um, one problem I did have with it is, so you're a shark and you're swimming out to do a thing, and some of those things actually kick open a, a cutscene or a little, a short cutscene often, 
And what would happen is I'd swim up. It would kick off the cutscene. When it come, came back to me, the shark, um, the camera, instead of being like, I don't know, 10 feet behind my shark, maybe maybe not even 10 feet, probably kind of over like your, your top fin, um, the camera would be stuck inside my body, which is not an optimal place to, to put a camera if you're a shark um, and you want to do things like see. So I'd have to like open my mouth um, <laughs> to to look, um, which isn't great. It also made it so my shark could not um, rise in the water or dive in the water. So I'd, I'd have to restart um, to get through that. It happened, I would say in, in gameplay, it probably happened four or five times. And unfortunately it happened like three times or it might've happened like six times. And three of those times were probably in the last hour and a half of the game, which kind of was a bummer. I actually had to restart fighting the end boss because, uh, it happened. And that sucked because I had to actually swim back out to him. Um, but besides that, Man Eater, if if you can pick that game up for twenty bucks, like you're gonna be pretty happy. It's it's just goofy enough that uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, the other game I started playing is Desperados Three, which is a I'm gonna say like a a turn based tactics game, so similar to like maybe an XCOM or. Um, Mutant Year Zero, that kind of idea, um, except it's set in the Old West. So you uh, you start out the game and and uh, you're a cowboy. And the first, there's kind of a tutorial level where it kind of teaches you how to play it. And then the second level is you come across a train that is being uh, hijacked. I guess uh, they've they've caved in a tunnel up ahead so that the, the Train can't go through the tunnel, and then bandits are are stealing stuff off it. So you have to, uh, you know, kill all the bandits, get to the front of the train, throw some dynamite down to explode out the rocks, so the train can go through the tunnel. And it's all done. I don't want to say turn based is not really the right word. It's it's uh, it's like tactical, so you can walk freely. Um, but it's based on like the bad guys a lot of times just being able to see you. So it's it's a lot of sneaking through underbrush. It's a lot of um, you know placement, getting to a place where you can kill a bad guy and they can't see you when you kill them, but also other people around the bad guy can't uh, see you do it or can't see the body before you hide it. Um, it's a lot of like. I have two characters, and so we're going to set up, like, sync shots, essentially, where we both shoot some, you know, a different person at the same time, or I stab someone in the back as he throws a knife at someone else, that kind of thing. Um, you can go into kind of a, I don't want to say turn-based mode, but like a, a mode where you can issue commands and then run those commands. Um, so you can, you can set up really cool uh, kind of stuff like that. I'm not really that slick, but... You know, it, it's still a lot of fun, and I like the setting. It's written really well. Um, it's just, like, I'm playing it on easy, and I've only played the first two levels. But it, at that level, it's just challenging enough. Um, I was also really happy to find out that the game actually does have uh, cheat codes, which is kind of kind of rare these days. Uh, you actually enter the Konami code to, to get the cheat code menu. So it's, it's nice to know that if I get to a point where there's something I can't get past... Um, I can just turn on, you know, 
God mode or they can't see me mode or, you know, whatever mode, get past that part, turn it back off and proceed with the game. You know, I might lose some achievements, but not the end of the world. Um, what I really, what I want to do is to be able to actually finish a game. Um, it's nice. One thing I really, I really appreciate too is, um, when you're in easy mode, every minute it reminds you to save. So it, it'll literally pop up a timer saying like, Hey, it's been a minute since you saved. And then we'll start counting up until you actually do. And so, because it's a game where things can very, very quickly go wrong just by stepping out from behind the wrong fence and getting seen by somebody. It's very nice to know that it probably hasn't been more than a minute or two since you've saved. And it's really easy to restart uh, those levels too. So Desperados 3, um, I actually got it for Christmas. Um, it just came to Game Pass though. So I guess I have an extra physical copy of it now, which is, it's okay. Um, really fun though. Try, try it out. It's on Game Pass. You can get it for free. And uh, it seems, I played it originally on the PC. Um, I played the demo during like one of those like Steam demo days and it, Probably plays a little bit better on the PC, but the the Xbox port seems really pretty good. It controls pretty well. Um, about the only thing that's weird is kind of looking around seems a little a little harder maybe than it needs to be. But besides that, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. So check that out. All right, uh, let's talk about our patrons. If you would like to support this podcast, which is today just me, but sometimes there's more people here. You're supporting all of us, really. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash bite me podcast. We have a one, three, five. No, there's no five. One, three, seven and ten dollar tier. Maybe I should make a five dollar tier. I should probably look at my tiers and see what they mean, because I don't even know anymore. It's been years. But anyway, the ten dollar tier is our producer level patrons. That is John Tippins, Sean Palmer, Austin Palmer, Ellen Schulte, and Joel Cole Jr. They get their names read out on this podcast every week, and they get the show notes, too, if I have room. Sometimes I don't have room. Like, the the place where we host our podcast has kind of a limited amount of show notes. So, like, this week they'll be in there because the show notes are short. But, you know, it's it's uh, it's the little things. So, big shout-out to our patrons. You guys uh, make this possible. Normally, I'm talking to someone else. Um, that would also need to be here via software and that helps pay for that. But to me, it's just, just me talking into the void. Um, I still have my ring light on though. I look real pretty in this light, I guess. It's just, just me looking at it. It's all right. Uh, also, if you would like to join our extra life team, I encourage you to go to bite slash extra life. You can also donate to our team there. We are shooting for $6,500 this year. Uh, There'll be a big to-do later this year in uh, in October, but we already have some folks fundraising. So thank you to all the people on our team raising money, and uh, thank you to everyone who's donated to us in the past and will donate to us in the future. All right, there's no Dylan here. So I have to do this myself. News. That's it. Uh... Epic Games has purchased the developers of Fall Guys. That's a company called Mediatonic. I believe they're based out of the UK. Um, interestingly enough, uh, the article I read about it actually says that Mediatonic actually may be owned by a group called Tonic Games Group, but whatever. They, uh, EA, or I'm sorry, Epic Games now owns the folks who made uh, uh, Fall Guys. If you've not played that, it is... God, it's good. It's really good. Um, what I would I would encourage you if you've not played it yet, go uh, go watch Vinny play it, friend of the show, twitch.tv slash Devinster, I believe. He has, I don't know, last time I talked to him, well over a hundred wins, I believe, which is like that's let's say saying you have a hundred wins in Fortnite. Like, I mean, it's not easy. Like you're you're facing off against, you know, 80, eh, maybe it's not 80, probably close to 80 other people, 50 other people every single game. So to to win the amount he's won is actually very impressive. So go watch 
him play it if you uh, if you've never seen it before. Essentially, it's just a a, a ranked series of mini games. Though you'll start out uh, just racing against maybe it's fifty other people, sixty other people. I don't know. Um, and you know, like twenty five percent of you will make it to the next round, or forty percent make it to the next round, and then you just keep going. You know, it's like five or six rounds, and they finally crown a winner at the end. Just fun mini games. Every season's a little bit different. It's a good game. Um, anyways, Epic shared the news, also confirming your gameplay isn't changing, and Epic will continue to invest in making the game a great experience for players across platforms. They also said your favorite colorful beams will still stumble through the chaos on PC, PlayStation, and soon Nintendo Switch and Xbox. My my real hope, um, my real hope for this, and they kind of they kind of tease a little bit. Uh, Mediatonic promised that quote your gameplay isn't changing, and this acquisition will help them to bring a ton of features already seen in Fortnite and Rocket League, other games owned by Epic. So, what what I'm hoping that hints at is when Epic bought Rocket League, they took it and they made it free to play. Um, and so now that game is monetized entirely by microtransactions. Um, I think that Fall Guys would actually be a game that would work very, very well in that same model. And by making it free to play, you just make, you know, you get a bajillion people to play it. It already sold, I mean, it sold millions and millions of copies on PC. Um, it was free on PS Plus um, when it first came out. So they've got a ton of players on on that system as well. Really what I want to see is this game come out as free-to-play um, and then for it to have cross-play because it does not have cross-play right now and that's a real bummer. Um, and I think that Epic Games being kind of a big initial proponent of cross-play, that, uh, that may be something that they're able to do now. I, I assume that, that you know it was kind of a resource problem before. And so hopefully free-to-play and then... Uh, and then crossplay. It'd be cool to see a mobile version of it too. Like I, I think it would be a game that might be. I mean, if you can play Fortnite on a phone, you can probably play Fall Guys on a phone. To be honest, so some seeing some mobile versions of that would be really cool as well. Um, worst comes to worst, I would just like to see it come to Game Pass. Um, if, if it's going to go to PS Plus, I think it's only fair that we get it on Game Pass as well. So check that game out. It's a lot of fun. Um, and I don't know. I, I'm always a bit torn when a game company gets bought by another game company because sometimes that's good. Like I think, I think rocket league, it has been a good thing for, and, and Epic seems to be a company that treats its developers pretty well and gives them a lot of resources. So I'm going to say that I think this is good, but you know, sometimes you see other game companies that get bought out and things don't go so well. Um, like a lot of companies that EA has acquired in the past, um, it, it doesn't work out. Or, I mean, frankly, uh, the, the game studio that Google bought to make Stadia games that, you know, they, they ramped up and then shut down before they released anything. So it can be good, can be bad. Um, we'll see. Uh, State of Decay devs uh, have come to the conclusion, publicly stated that it is always okay to punch Nazis. This is kind of a, a wacky story that I enjoy. So uh, there's a guy named James, let's say Sow. I, that may not be how it's pronounced, S-E-O-W. He uh, has been playing State of Decay for a couple months, and he discovered that one of his characters possessed uh, the punched Nazis trait. So if you've never played State of Decay before, which is a shame, it's quite 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 good. It's on Game Pass. You can play it for free, State of Decay 2. Um, all of your characters when you essentially create a new game are rolled with traits and those traits can be good or those traits can be bad. And there's a ton of them. Like I think they say there's like 1200 different tra traits that uh, your characters can have. So he noticed that one of his uh, characters had a punches Nazis trait and uh, he thought that was kind of funny, but then he noticed that, you know, what that trait does is first of all, it makes you, it gives you a damage boost. 
but because it makes you irritable to others, it was actually flagged as a negative trait. And like, I don't think everyone agrees, but like, I, I would be very willing to say that you should always punch Nazis. That's a, that's a positive trait. And he was kind of wondering why, uh, why it wasn't a, a positive trait. And so he tweeted at uh, the State of Decay devs and he got blocked. And he was like, what the hell? Like, I, I just, I'm curious about this. Why are you guys being so defensive about, you know, me tweeting about your game thinking that it's negative to punch Nazis? And it turns out that what he did is he asked them why the game had Nazi shit in it. And uh, he was automatically blocked by uh, software that Undead Labs runs on their Twitter account f to uh, cut down on people just being crappy on the internet. And so he automatically got blocked and uh, thought, you know, he thought that it was something that, you know, they were blocking him on purpose. Turns out that it was entirely accidental. And so this is this is great. So what I'm going to tell you about Undead Labs is they're based somewhere around me. I the, And the reason I know that is uh, because a guy who worked for their company went to school with, uh, or his kid went to school with Mike kid and, and I, I saw him one day in the halls and he was wearing a, a State of Decay hoodie. I'm like, oh, that's a cool State of Decay hoodie. He's like, oh, cool. Thanks. I work there. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. How neat. Like, you know, video games are great. And uh, next time I saw him, he actually brought me two t-shirts, which I thought was really cool. So I've got two State of Decay t-shirts from uh, a guy. I don't even know his name. I haven't seen him in years. I, I don't think his kid maybe went to my kid's middle school or, you know, I'm not as involved anymore. So I've never, I haven't seen him in years, but super nice guy. So in my head though, now I'm going to pretend that he is this guy they're talking about only because he's the only guy I know about under the lab. So they said, one of our designers actually told us firsthand stories about punching Nazis in the underground music scene. We loved it, and boom, the trait was born. It was designed as an overall positive trait with a skill bonus. It grants four stars of fighting experience and also made the character more likely to argue passionately for their beliefs. We figured someone punching Nazis in a mosh pit is going to have some strong feelings. And so that's the initial design of this game. Then later in the game, they added their morale system, which altered um, some of the readout of traits text um, to highlight bonus damage as a positive, but also um, getting in arguments, or as they said, uh, arguing passionately as a negative. So today, this trait has a positive skill bonus, and red text in the UI do the likelihood of arguing, Undead Labs tweeted. It's been that way for years, and we never realized how confusing that looks until tonight. It's not uh, uncommon. We have over 1,300 traits, so they, you know, they don't know how they all work. A lot of that stuff is, you know, generated by AI, that kind of stuff. Anyway, Undead Labs concluded by saying their next hotfix will address the issue by making the trait only have the positive damage bonus and removing the irritable towards other people subtrait. So, moral of this story is the devs of State of Decay agreed that it is always always okay to punch Nazis, and uh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, next up, xCloud could be streaming in 1080p soon. I don't know about P, 1080 anyway, uh, on your cell phone. And I think this is really interesting. So I, I, I do not have xCloud yet. It is not available for iPhones, and I only have an iPhone. Um, but that being said, I actually stream a lot from my Xbox Series X to my phone. Um, often when I'm in the same room with it, I've actually taken to watching TV and playing video games at the same time, which is, I think that speaks to the level of uh, like ADD the pandemic has given me, where I can't just watch TV. I have to be, uh, you know, for usually it was I was watching TV and reading Twitter at the same time, and I've upgraded to watching TV and playing video games at the same time. Good news is it gives me like an extra five or 10 hours of video game time a week, so I've been able to plow through a bunch of games. Um, like it's March 1st, and I've beaten, I don't know, five or six games this year. So good news, I guess. Um, but, you know, I'll be honest, like I couldn't tell you what resolution that's running at. It's not perfect. It works, it works good. It's not great, but it's good. And so, to me, like, does it run at 720? Don't know. Does it run at 1080? Don't know. Really don't care. But 
Moral of the story is, according to Windows Central, an anonymous but quote-unquote trusted source sent screenshots of Hellblade running via xCloud uh, and alleged that the streaming resolution was coming in at 1920 by 1080. So uh, currently it is only running at 720, but in the future it uh, in theory will be running at 1080. A lot of this has to do with them replacing the... um, they call them blades essentially. So you've got a bunch of servers where, you know, that you connect to in order to play an X cloud game. Um, they call them blades and currently they are running Xbox one X, uh, architecture and they are upgrading those now to be running Xbox series X architecture. So in theory, one of those things will, uh, make it so that you'll be able to stream higher quality. Oh my God, Dylan's here. So I'm not by myself anymore. I'm not scared. Dylan's got an adorable Ewok on his hat. Life's good. And, he is going to introduce our next bit. Hey, yo, Vinny. I hope you got a question for us. Thank God that Dylan is here because I don't know what I had to do if I was going to Vinny. That would have been terrible. All right, <laughs> Vinny's the most question. Oh, the most nerve-wracking part of it. It's terrible, man. I couldn't do it. Am I supposed to say bite me by myself at the end? Like, that would have been terrible. Yeah. Like, thank God you're here. Uh, all right, Vinny asks, Mediatonic purchased by Epic Games. We talked about that earlier. How do you see this going for Fall Guys? Pros and cons. Do you see the same crossover potential that we have in Fortnite with Fall Guys? Um, I talked I about this a little bit. That's definitely seems like the the best thing is that like it's a guarantee going to get crossplay now. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was thinking. Is that I my assumption is, is that the reason it doesn't have crossplay right now is just money. Like crossplay is probably like I mean I don't know if it's expensive, but it's not free. But Epic right. actually, it's probably, yeah, more expensive than you want to spend when you have other things to do. Right. Well, and I they guess. went from being a small team. I think they only employed like thirty five people until um, Fall Games came out. Now they only they still only employ like a hundred. So you know, it's not like. It's not like these guys are EA. Um, and I think, like, if I remember right, I think Epic actually released code that is specifically for making games crossplay and made it free. So, like, I would assume that they'll get some development resources. They can they can make it crossplay. I was also saying that I would really love to see this go the same way as Rocket League and go free to play. Um, and I I can't... I mean, Epic has the money to make that happen and then subsidize it via via microtransactions. I mean, like, do you have you played much Fall Guys, Dylan? Not lately. Yeah. Um, I do enjoy it, though. Yeah. It's just I kind of fell off of the regular playing of the games. And- yeah, same. But the gear is good. Like, the I, I, I can't remember if I've actually bought anything, but I know my kids bought a couple things. Um, like, the, 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 you know, the heads and the, the, I don't know what they call them. The like, I don't know costumes. when you put a costume on them. I guess. Yeah, I think they're costumes <laughs> because they're still they're still little dudes underneath it. So yeah, um, the costumes are good. So I could see them, I could see them just going straight to free to play, getting a huge player base. You know, getting it out on Xbox and and Switch, making it cross play. Like I was thinking that this would actually probably even be something that could release on mobile. Like if you can play, f- you know, if you can play Fortnite mobile, there's no reason you can't play Fall Guys mobile. Um, and uh, I, th- I think it could be really good for him. It's, you know, remains to be seen, but I think it could be good for him. So, all right, Dylan. So this is this is me versus you, man. Next question, Fear 13. If <laughs> gambling money is involved, so 20 bucks down, what game can you confidently say that you can beat the majority of the people on the podcast right now? Uh, let's see. So what game could you beat me in and what people do you think you could beat most people in the Discord in? 
I was trying to think about this. I mean, if it's a non-video game, I immediately know what it is. It's foosball. Oh, are you a good foosball player? I'm very good. Not to my own horn, but I am very, like, that's the one thing I know I can beat. Other than people that might play at a competitive level, I am confident um, challenging anyone to foosball. I'm a pretty good air hockey player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh... Colby and I worked at this place years ago, like early 2000s, that had a foosball table. And we're like, oh, cool, foosball. We'll play some foosball. And they're like, oh, you want to play some foos? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. And and that's the day I found out that there's a very big difference between people who just like play foosball occasionally and people like that belong to a frat that had a foosball table and played it, you know, solidly every day for four years. Exactly. There's a difference. Um, so I grew up with a foosball table, uh-huh. um, and not like a, not one of the cheap ones. Like it was a real foosball table, yeah. like with the really, with, um, and then I guess part of it was weird too. Cause we, it's one of those things where like, I don't know, you play on a crappy basketball court with a crappy yeah. basketball and then your skills get really good. So the table itself was really good, but we had these really soft light balls. Oh, sure. Um, so that was interesting. So once I got, we got new balls for it at some point that were much harder and faster. And at that point, then I was like, Oh, I'm really good at this now. (laughs) Um, But it was one of those things where I played against my dad often. And he was one of the people who was at college with a foosball table Uh kind of thing or played it in the bar a lot. So it was one of those things where could never beat him could never beat him and then one day like i surpassed the master kind of thing like the torch was passed and since then i don't think i've lost a game of foosball dang um i have even spotted people nine points when playing to 10 and i will still beat them that's impressive that's why i say like that is that's the game that i i'm not going to lose at um of course, I probably would should shake the rust off a little bit if yeah, I'm yeah, actually going to challenge anyone because I don't want to be uh, I don't want to embarrass myself. Um. <laughs> well, what what I'm hearing is is we need to get we need to get Hans to get a foosball table, and then when we all go to yes. Hans's house for extra life at some point in the future, when we're not all going to die by going to Hans's house for extra life, uh, we'll have a foosball tournament, and and you can show us how good you are. That's exactly what. It, I mean, um, I'll, I'll talk with him about it. We'll we'll start fundraising for the foosball table now. Like, yes, it's a GoFundMe for Hans to get a foosball table. Yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, let's see what could I beat people at. Depending, like with a little bit of practice, I could probably beat most people in the Discord at at. Uh, at Rocket League. Yeah. Um, other than Vinny, maybe. Yeah. Vinny might be better than I am. And Colby might be on, you know, any given day. Um, I'm not a very good one-on-one player, though. So, like, that's kind of a... Yeah, it's kind of a weird game. It's kind of a that weird game. That game's hard one-on-one. It's a It changes the game hard. entirely. Like, it's, it, it, it's not really a skill challenge as much as it's, like, hope that ball goes in. No, man. Because if like, it doesn't, you... Like a good one-on-one player, man. Like it's all skill. It's well, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, a good one-on-one player is going to yeah, beat yeah. you every time. But, but too, no. <laughs> too, yeah, yeah, too yeah. moderate. Mediocre, like yeah, it's agree. just a it's just a guessing game. Um, 
I did enjoy playing one on one though. It's a very different game. It's like right. you, two on two is actually a completely different game too. Yeah, um, it's enjoyable. Yeah, I, so. I kind of like two on two because I think it helps plug the hole of what the one on one problem is. Where if you miss, you're just screwed. Where the, two on two, you can kind of like one person goes up and the other person yeah. back, and then you can kind of. I think the I worst mean, part about two on two though is you have to know when to come out of goal because. Like it's it's a hard game to score on your own, um, and so either you have to have one person who's really good at scoring on their own, or you have to like be able to figure out that like someone needs to come forward enough to like you know pass balls forward. I don't know. It's it's a Rocket League's a good game. It's a game that I I should. I spent so much time playing it that I'm I'm not burned out on it, but like I realized that I was never going to get better than I was, right. so I kind of stopped playing. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's still it still pulls me back in every once in a while. Besides that, man, I don't know if I'm better at any other game than anybody else. Like, yeah, there's never there's never really been a time where I felt like I was just so good at a game. Like if I played, I bet if I played like. I don't know, some turn-based strategy games. Like, that's something I'm just, in general, good at. Yeah. So if I played something like a Blood Bowl or a, yeah. some sort of, like, I don't know, XCOM-style game, not XCOM yeah. specifically, because I'm not familiar with it, but yeah. something where you're you're moving around a board tactically. Some sort of like, weird PvP XCOM? Yeah, yeah, like, something like that I will probably be good at more, than, more so than someone who's not familiar with sure. those games, I guess. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, I'm just not great um, at any of those things. Like, I used to be, like, a pretty good Virtua Fighter person like yeah. like that was a game that i could like play in the arcade and play against other people and win i used to be a pretty good dark stalkers player um but when i say used to be i mean like in the late 90s so yeah something tells me i don't have those skills anymore so yeah. but yeah i've never i guess the thing is is to be honest i've never been one of those people that besides rocket league i i don't think i've ever been one of those people that wanted to spend years getting really good at something or yeah or even like rocket league like I came to the realization that just playing Rocket League wasn't going to make me better. Like I was actually going to have to physically like practice playing Rocket League. And that very quickly sounded not fun at all. Um, mm -hmm. It's kind of the same with Guitar Hero. Like Guitar Hero is a lot of fun to play and I got, I got good at it. But I realized that to get like great at it, it would mean I'd have to just play the same song over and over and right. over and over and over again. And that holds no interest to me yeah. whatsoever. So yeah. yeah. I think so. video games have always been more fun for me than, like, I played Magic and Warhammer on a more competitive level. Yeah. Where I put more time into actually, like, I don't know, learning the yeah. game. Um, and I had way more reps, I think, because it's something where I would go to a, a game store, like, twice a week and actually play yeah. a game one to three games at a time on a weekend or something. Um, and really like fine tuned my army or whatever it was or my deck and sure and kind of learned that stuff. Um, but video games I think have just been more fun for me than actually. Yeah, and maybe that's absolutely. because maybe if esports was a thing, more so like when I was younger, because basically you had maybe. I remember when like you actually could see Halo on TV for the first yeah. time on actual television and it's like that was kind of weird but like there was that just wasn't really a, a widespread thing and maybe if it was um 
maybe that would have been more interesting to me um, growing yeah. up and it might have changed things, but um, I don't know. And I guess I, I think I enjoy, I don't know if I enjoy like PVP games more than just like solo games. I don't know if I have a preference. I thought maybe, maybe I enjoy like RPGs more, but that's not necessarily true. I like, I like Overwatch, but I don't, I don't need to climb the ladder of Overwatch. Like, I like it. I would if I had five friends that wanted to play League of Legends or six friends that wanted to play Overwatch regularly and we wanted to, like, climb. I, I, that would be fun, but it's just not, it's not happening. I think the thing is, at the same time, I would way rather just have fun with six friends. Like, I think as soon as you start putting the, the pressure of like, we're going to climb the ladder on it. Like, I think it just instantly goes from like something I'm having fun doing to something I'm going to get tilted doing. Um, you know, as soon as it goes from the stakes are higher than they need to be. Well, and and the thing is that the stakes are fake either way too. (laughs) Like, you know, like I want to do well and I want to win, but probably not at the expense of having fun to some degree. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, again, I, I don't think I can beat anybody at anything. It's fine. (laughs) Um, I was going to say, like, I, I might be a better, like, PHP coder than anyone in our uh, group. Yeah. But I forgot that Rich is in there now, and Rich is a better PHP coder than I am. So what do you do? What do you do? All right, next question. Elf the Wrath 52 says, how do you think that gaming improves hand-eye coordination? How's your hand-eye coordination? Doing pretty good? Um, uh, Actually, fantastic, but I don't attribute probably any of it to video games. Um. I played a lot of sports. Um, So I played baseball for like 10 years. Um, So like I can have no problem catching a ball going like 90 miles an hour at my face. Um, So I definitely think it does something, but I don't think mine is really from, from that. Mine on the other hand, all video games. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have good hand-eye coordination, but I have like really fast reaction times. Like I'm, I'm one of those people that like if I knock something off the shelf, like odds are good I'm gonna catch it before it's ground. Right. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, and, I catch things with my feet too. Like if I yeah, drop my phone, same. I'll generally catch it with my foot before it hits the ground. Yep, or same. Which is not hand-eye coordination, but hand foot coordination. Although I will say, <laughs> so probably, oh, it it was not too long after I stopped working with you. So probably like last june like i had to when i when i left i had to like turn in my good phone um and so i was using brooks iphone 7 and it it uh it was gonna be like my like phone i was just gonna use until i got a new phone right um but then i was like i'm still using it now so (laughs) apparently that didn't really work out but probably probably a month and a half after after i started i went to put my phone in my pocket and i just missed my pocket like you know you do that thing where you palm it in and just missed it and i like saw it falling and i went to catch it and instead of catching it i just hit it and so it went even faster directly (laughs) into the asphalt (laughs) i was like oh no oh no there it goes and it's gone (laughs) and it it just like like i don't know man that phone is a tank like it it uh beat the side up of it a little bit i think i've got like maybe a little chip out of my screen but it did not break so um but there are literally dents in the side of that phone where like a rock (laughs) butted into it on the asphalt so all good hand-eye coordination exclusively from video games except for that one time 
but like the opposite side of that is I'm super klutzy too. Like I knock shit over all the time. So I don't know, man, maybe, maybe video games don't help. Uh, Triple Trouble, my delightful son wants to know what, take your least favorite video game genre. So imagine the games you hate the most, Dylan. What would you do to make it a game you enjoy? What's your least favorite video game genre? Do you have one? That's hard. I, it's not that I dislike fighting games. I think, I think fighting games are just slightly impenetrable. Agreed. And I think there's people who just like fighting games and aren't good at them. And then there's people who are competitive fighting game players. Um, but I think there's a way to make fighting games a little bit more accessible like i think that's something that hasn't been unlocked yet mm-hmm. and i think probably super smash bros has done the closest oh, job see, of holy cow i would argue that until the day i died like yeah, i could pick up well, any fighting game and understand it super smash is the most impenetrable i'm like what yeah. is going on <laughs> well i think i think smash bros is a game that i think you as a casual player you can feel good at it where a fighting game you just you're just not good at it uh, um, I, I think there's a casual level of smash bros that is much more satisfying than casual i don't know street fighter play like, i don't know man like i i've only played smash bros for like two hours so like i am the most casual of casuals and I think it's way easier to pop a quarter into any other fighting game and like mash buttons yeah. and at least feel good about losing as opposed to Smash Bros where I just spent two hours confused. I'm like, I don't know what any of these buttons do. I don't know how things work. I don't understand this weird like ultimate thing that's going on. Like I was, I spent two hours just going like, huh? Um, I, but I would say based on the number of people that like Smash Bros, you're probably right. So, yeah. like, don't take well, my experience. Well, I guess the other thing for other fighting games, I guess, is that once you've kind of played one, they you've are... You've played all of them. You've, yep. They're fairly similar, Agreed. I guess. So once you're kind of familiar with it, you can you probably have a familiarity yep. with it. And Smash Bros is not like Absolutely those other ones. Not. And I, it's kind of... It loosely fits in the fighting game category. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I just think there's a I think there is a level of casual play or I think if you're not a good Smash Bros player, you probably have a better chance against an okay Smash Bros player, maybe not a competitive one, but sure. someone who's just better. You probably have a better chance than I don't know, like anyone who's put any time into a fighting game is going to kick my butt at it. Absolutely like, agreed. Um but yeah, but I think there is a I think there is an untapped like casual fighting game market that I don't know, like I could really get into a game and I don't know, maybe that game is like a for honor that I've never really tried, but kind of is a fighting game, but maybe does it a little differently. I don't know. Cause so, I, it's a game that I'd, I've been interested in trying. Same. Yeah. Um, I, I would say two things is I think the game you're describing is actually one of two games. Um, it's either, uh, Gang Beasts, which is a great fighting game <laughs> that yeah. is a hell of a lot of fun. Or, um, oh shoot, you're gonna have to help me here because it's just fallen out of my brain. The cool sword fighting one. Um, we've played it at Extra Life a, a bunch uh, of Nidhog. times. Nidhog? Nidhog, yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. And I think maybe that maybe that is just what it yeah. is. Um, fighting games just aren't goofy enough. Yeah. That's the problem. Right. I'm imagining something, though, because like I... 
I'm thinking about games like Assassin's Creed is probably a good example here or uh, the Batman Arkham games. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about these because they took like, I don't know, something that I've never been good at in games is like countering, right? Yep. And and what like Assassin's Creed and um, I think Batman they do is they basically made it so like when an enemy is attacking you, it pings a button on the screen that says press Y right now. Yep. And I do it and I do a cool counter flourish attack and freaking stab that guy through the throat. Like Absolutely. It, it took something that never really felt good and then all of a sudden like I'm kicking butt and like taking on a whole group of enemies at one time. And it kind of, it was something really simple, but it actually feels really good when you play it. And I think there's a way to do that. Instead of having these directional button presses, like back, back, like anytime I need yeah. to press back twice, I don't like it already because it feels unnatural. Yep. Why am I like stutter stepping backwards to then do a blast forward? Like it just, it doesn't really make sense. It's yep. just a, it's really just like doing math. Like, <laughs> and God it, knows that it, doesn't make sense. And it's like, but it's like, why am I doing math to fight this guy? Like yep. it, the two things don't actually, I don't think cohesively fit together as much as I have respect for people who are good at fighting games, like I think it's incredible watching oh, that absolutely. and the dexterity and the the hand-eye coordination and like literally talking about frames of seconds is like, it's incredible. It's just, yep. to me, it doesn't feel good. And I think a lot of times something that feels good is, is better than um, something that might be just impressive, yeah. I guess. No, I agree. Absolutely agree. Um, I would say that that like, what you're saying actually makes me think that the the best way to make any game I don't like better is just to make it like a bit goofier. Like I I don't like fighting games, but like when you add like but a Gang level Beast of bizarre, awesome. yeah, Game right. Beast is awesome. Um, I would say the same thing about like sports games. Don't really like sports games, but like I do like NBA Jam. I do right. like or like, Rocket League or Rocket League or, or um, like Super Dodgeball, like going yeah. back or like any of the goofy baseball games or like to me, like if you want to make a sports game fun, just make it stupid. Um, right. And that's cool. And I would say the same thing with racing games. Like I'm not into racing games at all, but I love Forza. And it's because Forza is all just about like extreme speed in weird places and strange, you know, challenges where like, Hey, you're a driver for some reason in a stunt movie about James Bond and you've got to get from here to here and you yeah. know, the right amount of time, but there's cameras filming you. So you also do tricks. Like I don't, I don't have any interest in playing Forza, not horizons, Forza motorsports, yeah. but I'll play yeah, Forza horizons from now until the end of time. That game's great. So, right. It's like, simulation isn't like simulation is cool yeah. but i think it twisted metal is better right twisted metal is better than gran turismo i remember the first i remember the first time i played gran turismo and i was like oh people love this game and it looks great even though it was like on ps2 at the time or whatever yeah, yeah. It, it looked great because yep. like and and then i played it and i was like oh this isn't this isn't fun at all. Like this is like driving a car. And it's like, 
I drive a car in real life better than I drive a car in a video game. That doesn't make any sense. I used to have a um, buddy whose dad did NASCAR races in real time. So he'd do like the Indy 500, do 500 laps in real right. time in NASCAR. I'm like, why? Like, why would you do that? <laughs> that's impressive. Like, that's a... Uh, I guess. Not for me. I will tell oh, you that. Uh, all right. Uh, the first of our questions from my good friend, Rich, uh, is which feature would you like to see in a controller? So imagine your favorite controller. What could you do to make it just a little bit better, Dylan? That's a good question. Right? Yeah. Um, I would like, so I have a pro controller um, and it's amazing. Like it is the best controller ever made um, flat out. Um and everything I've hated about other controllers, it does. Like, it's got, like, a good weight to it. It's got, like, it feels really grippy and nice. Um, I like the interchangeable buttons. Um, I like that it's rechargeable and that the re- the charge lasts, I don't know, for weeks? Yeah, like, enough time, actually. Yeah, like, I think it has, like, a 20 or 30-hour battery, and it lasts forever, and it's great. Um, the Pro Controller 2 actually comes with its, a, a built-in charging station. Or not built-in, but it comes with a charging station, so you can just put it down. It's great. Um, you can also charge it via USB-C. But the new Series X controller comes with a screenshot button, and it makes me really, really, really sad that my... Uh, my my pro controller yeah. does not have a screenshot button. So what I want yeah. is I would like a uh, I would like a pro controller with a screenshot button like the new Series X does, and I would like it if uh, like I would like it if it had colors. Like I really like the like the custom color controllers you can get. Or I look at all the new ones they release every once in a while. I'm like, oh, that color is so cool, but I don't need another controller. And not that. Not that it doesn't look cool, like the black's neat, but it would be way cooler if it was something else. So yeah. that's that's what I want. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, that's kind of what I was thinking is like, the, I think the pro controllers do a lot of things that I like that I don't even know if I would have wished for, but like different size thumbsticks, yeah. the option to have the D-pad or like the octagonal. I don't know if there's a more specific name for that yeah where it, like that it's other directional pad yeah. um like that's pretty cool um having the different pulls of triggers um yeah. having the option for underside buttons which is something i didn't know i'd like but it actually does make a huge difference for first person shooters specifically oh really what do you um, use them for in first person shooters so you can jump without taking your uh, thumb off the stick. Yep. Um, it's just a big one in Overwatch specifically when I'm like trying to play Winston and I'm trying to like jump around because I'm a giant gorilla. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. every time I jump around, then I'm not being able to lor- look. And you have a you have a weapon that um, you basically just point in a direction to do damage to people. But if I'm not moving the direction as I'm jumping, then it's like. Sure. So, like, it, it really makes a huge difference. Um, and it kind of helps simulate mouse and keyboard a little bit better where you can actually do everything at once. Yeah. Um, so, like, that's a huge deal. So, it's like, I don't I don't know how much more I would be able to do to a controller right. other than things like having a screenshot button. I'd really love if the pause button was always the same one. Um, sure. So, I'm, I'm noticing specifically, it's I think it's The Witcher and... Um, cyberpunk so it must be a cg cd project red thing is like 
the having a pause menu and then like the go into your map and your journal and your mm-hmm. things menu and i always get them reversed yep. um so it's like that's kind of weird but i do like and I guess it's also kind of weird that you have like a pause button and you have like the home button now. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. There's a lot of like settings and pause and menus and these buttons. I don't know. I'd almost get rid of one of those, but <laughs> I, I see that there's a purpose for them. Yeah. It's just, I, I, it seems like there might be a way to do that a little bit better um or more consistent maybe um absolutely there's even a a way to have multiple settings like there's a one two like so you could swap your controller layout that way i haven't even played with that but it's like there's still things on a controller that i don't use um i don't know i uh now that i think about it i uh first of all i was gonna tell you are you still playing the witcher 3 um i played it a little bit more um but are you playing it on Game Pass? Yeah. It leaves Game Pass in oh, no. 12 days. Well, <laughs> well, Hurry. I better get playing. <laughs> it's probably really cheap and you get 10% off, so it might just be... Yeah, uh, I should probably just see how much it is. <laughs> I think my uh, buddy actually left a copy of it here because of the Xbox broke. So if anything, go. I have a disc of it in my Perfect. house. So. Um, I use the, the back buttons a lot on uh, twin stick shooters. Uh, because you can use them to actually like, so you're looking, you're moving in one direction, pointing your gun in another direction. Not not twin stick shooters that you use that second one as your actual fire shoot. button, but right. when you're when you use it to aim, then I use a, the back buttons to shoot. Like it was really handy in Crosscode. It was really handy in Children of Morta. Um, and sometimes I use it for uh, games that use your trigger to do a lot of actions. Like I, I'm old and old mostly and so like if a game uses your trigger a lot like oftentimes if i play it for a couple hours in a row my trigger finger will get sore and so i'll Mm -hmm. remap the uh the back buttons to be a trigger and so i can like switch between them i did that for um uh my time at portia portia however Mm -hmm. portia um because it used that trigger a lot for things and get my fingers sore so don't get old that's what i'm saying dylan um the other thing i was thinking about it would be really cool to have um, like like having a charging dock thing is nice, but it would be cool if you could charge um, controllers the same way you do cell phones with like the pads that you put them down on. Like I wouldn't mind having like a charging pad. That'd be cool. That would be super cool, actually. Yeah. I think that that would have to be my answer. Yeah. I don't like having a little dock. I just want to set my controller down. Yeah. Like putting like, a dock on my like. So I have a like I have a a TV tray next to my couch that like is where all my stuff lives that, you know, I've got a couple controllers on it and like, I have a TV, I have a keyboard for uh, like media PC I have in my house, that kind of stuff. Um, and it would be nice just to be able to like put a pad on that. That wasn't like a docking thing. Um, it'd be nice if they were just a little less obtrusive too. Like the ones I have are always like, they have obnoxious lights and they light up and blink when it's charging. Just a little something less. So good question, Rich. Appreciate it. Uh, next question from, I think my dog's got a question. I don't, I don't know what his question is. I don't speak dog. Um, Next question from Princess Megan. She says, which upcoming game are you looking forward to playing the most? My inner child is looking forward to partying like it's 1999 again with the new Pokemon Snap. Are you a a Pokemon Snap player, Dylan? Yeah, that would have to be my choice because that's pretty exciting. And I I played a lot of Pokemon Snap. Like that game was for such a weird game that you would think would be the stupidest thing imaginable. It was actually just super fun and 
I guess there's no there's no other game really like that where you yeah. kind of just like go on a safari and like take photos of weird monsters. Um, but it was really cool how you could like you could like interact with the world and trigger them to do cool things yeah. and then capturing those photos and and like keeping scores and it I mean it's a cool game so I'm excited to see a reiteration of that and the cool thing is it's like this hasn't been something they've released over the years so yeah. it's like this is only the second attempt at this so like I think that's that's pretty neat that is fun and the open world Pokemon is I don't, there's not cool. much out there yeah. yet but like that's exciting too yeah I've uh, I've never played snap but Colby loved it so I might I, I don't know I probably won't try it but maybe who knows maybe my kid will want it and that'll give me a reason to get it I'm uh probably of all the games I'm looking forward to this year like like in my head I'm really excited about um, back for blood that's the new like left for dead clone yeah but at the same time I also know that the odds of me like getting it and finding three other people to play it with like on my schedule are not great. So we'll see. Um, probably the one I'm looking most forward to this year is probably Far Cry 6. Um, I really liked Far Cry 5. Um, like I, if I didn't 100% Far Cry 5, I came really close to it. Um, and then I put a bunch of time this year into Far Cry 4 as well. Something about those games, like they just, like, even though I didn't like the ending of Far Cry 5, um, I really liked the gameplay loop of Far Cry, so I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to trying that out. That'll probably be like the the one AAA game I buy this year. I'm like, and it's a it's not a game that's new coming out, but I'm actually really excited about playing. Um, oh shoot, what's the name of that game you just finished? The Phoenix. Phoenix Rising. Phoenix Rising. Immortals. Yeah, I uh, I realized today that I have like eight bucks in my. So when you redeem Microsoft reward points for like gift cards those gift cards expire after three months and i realized uh, yeah. that i've got like nine dollars in gift cards that are going to expire at the end of this month and i'm like maybe i'll just buy phoenix rising and uh not care so much about how much it costs like because i've got to blow the money anyway like i'm hoping it goes on sale i guess between now and then and so i can like i won't feel bad paying 40 bucks for it because like eight of it oh it's already shoot it's on sale for 30 right now okay i'm buying phoenix <laughs> rising immortal today it's 50 percent off that's what i want so yeah, do it it'll it, only cost me like worth 20 play. bucks and it'll all be fake money anyway so i'm gonna get phoenix rising for free that's great excellent i'm glad i looked all right that's what i'm looking forward to uh let's see i don't know where our show notes went next question uh, another one from rich i i like really had like two questions going to day i'm like hey guys we need more questions and everyone came through so that's cool there was no news so good questions uh rich wants to know what are your feelings about in-game advertisements like product placement billboards etc and do you think this is going to be something that is more prevalent in future video games do you have thoughts yeah i i think it's weird um, but I also think that we're really close to a world where like you're playing GTA and the billboards are actually billboards. like they're literally like banner ads on a website mm -hmm. where they get filled in um, programmatically. The, yeah. Yeah. And that's weird to me. But at the same time, that's kind of cool just from a technology standpoint um, that I think you can have this even more living world. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I like it. Um, I think, I think 
product placement is one of those things that can either be really good, and by good I mean unobtrusive or really bad, and by that I mean you mm. just notice it. Like, did you ever watch? I'm gonna say, like, probably ten years ago, like Fox, I think, must have gotten some sort of deal with Toyota, and so every once in a while you'd be watching an episode. I remember it most in Bones, the like that kind of FBI procedural. And they'd be like driving somewhere and they'd turn like, oh my gosh, watch how my Toyota Corolla can automatically back up into this parking space all by itself. And then they like take their hands off the wheel and their car would park themselves. And I'm like, well, that was strange. Yeah. (laughs) And it was like, it was so obvious that it was dumb. And so like, I don't want, I don't want that in my GTA game where you're like, oh, my Toyota is parking itself because it has automated parking. But like, you put some banner ads, you know, you're playing a sports game and the the boards along the field are, you know, for real products that get filled in. You're playing GTA and the billboards are there. Like, even if, you know, like, hey, you know, Michael's drinking a Coke. Like, that's that's fine. Um, as long as it's not like, mm, this Coke sure is delicious. And then it takes it, you know, I don't, I don't need that. But if you just want to, I mean, movies have had product placement for decades now tv shows have had product placements for decades now and for the most part it's pretty unobtrusive like you know like if if a if a tv show is showing a mac logo on a mac mac paid for that to be there like and if it's covered up they did not pay for it to be there so you know i I think that's one of the funniest things when you can tell that there's like a (laughs) sticker over the apple logo Uh it's still glowing underneath it (laughs) yeah it's like i can still see it yeah, um, so, you know, like, if, if if they want to put unobtrusive advertising in my game, and, like, yeah. in, in my head, I'm like, hey, maybe it'll mean people will get paid better and, you know, stuff won't go. But, you know, no, it just makes makes a couple of millionaires, yeah. millionaires more, but whatever. Like, Well, if, I mean, I could see a world where, like, if you do have that, like, procedural advertising, that could be a shift in video games just bringing sure. in more money. I think that is a... A reality, but if it's just yeah, if it's just like one-off like product placements, yep. I don't think that really changes the game for yeah. the industry. Um, yeah, agree. But now that I say that, I am reflecting on, I think five games that I really enjoy that are um, the ultimate product placements. Um, one being Chex Quest, obviously. Um, two being Captain Crunch's Crunchling Adventure game. Also good. Um, also fantastic game. And then there is three games where you could actually get physical discs from Burger King. <laughs> Sneak King, Big Bumpin', and Pocket Bike Racers. And those games were all fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and those did product placement right because there was no product placement. It was placement product. <laughs> <laughs> I would I love to like, see more of that. Yeah. It's like, I to me, that's... It's so weird to me that all of those games were actually enjoyable. Yeah. Like, we played those Burger King games a lot. Um, the Pocket Bike Racer game was a good kart good. racer. Yeah. Um, it didn't have quite all the flash and pizzazz of, like, a Mario Kart, but it was a solid game. The Big Bumping game was hilarious. You were just playing bumper cars. It's an easy party game. Um, and the Sneak King game was hilarious because it was actually, like, this weird stealth game where you were that creepy king when he was pretty early on, I guess, as kind of the mascot of Burger yeah, King. Yeah. And it was just wacky. And those games were like three bucks, I think. I, they were like three or four dollars to to get them at Burger yeah. King, I think. So uh, 
man, that's that's money well spent. So I I don't remember the name of the game. If Colby was here, he could tell me because he loved it. Like he played this game. And he kept telling me about how cool this game was, and I I don't remember what it was called or even what it was about. But I kind of looked into it. I'm like, dude, that game was like sponsored by a bank and he's like yeah 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 like they they paid for this game and it was like some sort of weird like environmental like push in the uk and so a bank sponsored it and he's like it's really cool i bought the dlc i'm like what (laughs) so i think there's something to be said there in that like cheap or free-to-play space where the game you're right the game is the product and you know you don't pay anything for it but there's cool stuff inside like i could i could see that I, it's it's interesting. I, I there's a game. I thought I saw something like that recently, and I can't remember what it is. So it's not a very good story, but it, it's definitely interesting. I would love, like, say Burger King, just so we because we need a, a company to say like, okay, indie devs, we've got a hundred thousand dollars, and we will give you a hundred thousand dollars. Pitch us your game, and we're gonna choose the best one we give you a hundred grand you make this game and we release it you know free on our website you know so it gets like some indie devs like the ability to play with like a weird ip that they could do cool stuff with right and you know they get a hundred grand to do the development and everybody wins it doesn't have to be a big game doesn't have to be hours and hours you know do something interesting and simple and make a game out of it like could you imagine how cool it would be if there was like 10 weird companies that were doing like I mean i just think it could be cool like i think that's something it, so. it is because and when i think about it it's like like i said those games didn't suck so it's no. like there was there was competent designers out there that were hired to make these wacky burger king games yeah. that were really enjoyable it's like how how cool is that right it, it's just it, it's kind of exciting to me we should me we should find games. someone who worked on that uh on that yeah. series and interview him, Dylan. That would be the, yeah. the weirdest. Like, I want to know more. I want to know more about that story. Right? I wonder like, who made How did this games? even happen? Um, Blitz are they were all three games were developed by the Blitz Arcade division of Blitz Games. <laughs> Whoever that is. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> well, hopefully next week we could have a a segment where we. Uh, find out more and uh maybe do a little deep dive man they did some weird games man they they appear to be defunct now they went out of business in uh i'm gonna guess like 19 hmm, looks like they went out of business in like the 2010 2015 i guess their last game was shrek alarm um interesting but they were they were part of the team that did epic mickey 2 they were part of the team that did spongebob surf and skate road trip they made a michael phelps game (laughs) they just did a lot of like because they like everything's licensed yeah that's that's pretty interesting actually everything they they did a bunch of spongebob games they did barbie horse adventure is one of theirs um they did the leland stitch game oh they did fusion frenzy i love fusion frenzy on the og xbox i almost i was about to make a comparison to Fusion Frenzy because that's kind of what those yeah. like Burger King games felt like, where it's like you have this really solid part. So maybe that's what it was. Was yeah. they basically took, I don't know, inspiration from that and was able to translate it into. Yeah, that's super interesting. They, uh, 
they uh, just made a, it was almost all licensed game. That's really interesting. Very interesting. All right. Uh, let's see. Final question is from my lovely wife, Brooke. And she wants to know, Dylan, do you like cold pizza? Yes. Especially if there's pineapple on it. Good. I, pineapple pizza is good. Like yeah. I, anyone who says People will fight you about that, but. I'm not, I'm not going to fight you about it. That seems oh. silly, but. You know. One of the one of the best reasons of putting pineapple on a pizza, though, is it instantly ups the tier of it when it's cold. Because pineapple is really good when it's cold. Absolutely. So, like, it really cuts through on a cold pizza. Yep. Like, Because otherwise, I don't know. I don't think I'm really jonesed about too much pizza when it's cold. But if it has pineapple on it, it's, it's so much better. I, uh, I think it's interesting because I used to really... I, I was actually telling Brooke this story today when she asked me this question. And I said that... Uh, it's it's strange because when I was a kid, I never ate cold pizza. Like I didn't. It was it wasn't even that I didn't eat cold pizza. It was that I didn't know that cold pizza was something you could eat. Um, yeah. Well, I never I, I never saved it till the next day. I always ate the whole pizza. <laughs> yeah, well, we just always heated it up. And so I was over at my aunt and uncle's house one time, and my uncle got a piece of pizza out of the fridge and just started eating. He's like, "You want a piece?" And I was like what <laughs> like is that a thing and then i was like oh yeah cold pizza is good but the funny thing is, is when i stopped when i became a vegetarian i kind of stopped eating cold pizza because most of the time when i get pizza now it's just cheese and pineapple and right. i think you need more ingredients on a cold piece of pizza to make it good like i i, I agree with that 100 yeah. yeah so like that's I, why i say when there's pineapple in it then it's good but before if it doesn't have anything yeah. like if it's just cold pepperoni pizza it's not great meh. but like a good supreme but, pizza like oh yeah when you have some peppers or something yeah, and onions some onions good. i don't like olives um, at all except on pizza like they're pretty good on pizza so see i like olives except on pizza really? and i don't i don't want them anywhere near my that's pizza. interesting because i for, so, for some reason they just don't they do not synergize with the pizza interesting huh yeah i hate olives like i think they are vile but i actually quite like them on pizza <laughs> so i don't yeah. know uh, all right. Well, that is, I believe, all the questions for this week. Uh, we're going to talk some cheap free games. There's just just a handful. We're kind of, you know, like we're, we're going to get some some more. Don't worry. There'll be there'll be other stuff. Um, there's a game coming out on Epic, Dylan. And tell me, do you think War Game is the worst thing you could make? Like that's the worst name you could name a game, right? Like, I mean, the good news is is the game is right there in the title. Like you don't have to screw around. What kind of game is this? It's a war game. Not even War Games. Yeah, it's War Game colon Red Dragon, which leads me to believe that there is probably a War Game. Um, it's a RTS. It looks okay. It sounds like one. Yeah, in War Game Red Dragon, you are engaged in a large-scale conflict where Western forces clash against the communist bloc. Like, I watched a little video of it. It looks all right. Um, anyway, that's free on Epic next week. Like, I don't know. Not my jam, but whatever. It's free. Uh, PlayStation Plus this month is super good. Um You'll get Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is a big deal. Um, the only caveat there is if you get it, you will not be able to upgrade that version to the PS5 version. So they're releasing a PS5 version, but you will not be able to upgrade that one. So it's going to be a PS4 version forever. Um, I think you can still play it on a PS5 via backwards compatibility. You just won't be able to play it as a native PS5 game when that comes out. So, you know, that's, that's all right. It's free. Um, Remnant from the Ashes is a really cool, like... Like, play it co-op. The co-op's really good. It's kind of like a a Souls-like, but with guns. Um, 
Colby and I played it and just loved it, but it was way, 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 way too hard. I like, I don't have the patience for souls likes, but the, the like probably four hours we put into it were a lot of fun. I liked it a lot. Um, and then a game called, uh, maquette and a game called Farpoint. I don't know anything about either of those, but final fantasy seven and remnant from the ashes are good. You can also get, uh, the new Ratchet and Clank game. And by new, I mean the one that came out in like 2016, 2017. That's also free on PlayStation right now. So check that out. Um, game Pass Ultimate. I uh, They haven't really made like an official, official announcement yet about like dates with this stuff. But Madden's coming out, I think. Madden 21 comes out like today or tomorrow, certainly this week. Um, and Star Wars Squadrons is coming this month sometime. So like look for that later in the month. I think NHL NHL hockey is coming this month or next month too. So they haven't like done the big like here's the nine games coming to Game Pass this month. But I know Madden's coming because it's part of the EA uh, deal. Um, NHL Hockey 21 is also part of the EA deal. So you get that. And then Star Wars Squadrons, you have to be a member of Game Pass Ultimate to get. Um, but it's a, like, I'm, I'm kind of cold on it, but it was like, and like Hans's game of 2020. So, you know, your mileage may vary, but it's, it's Star Wars, like nothing wrong with Star Wars. So check that out. You have any, you have any other thoughts, Dylan? Hope streams? I don't think so. It's a short podcast. Yeah. It's gorgeous outside, right? I think I'm going to get Friday off. I think I'm going to go to the zoo. Go see some animals. That sounds nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I wouldn't mind going outside. I spent a lot of time inside, so outside would be good. Anyway, we're Bite Me Podcast. You can find out more about us at BiteMePodcast.com. Let's see. You can find us on social media, Facebook.com, Twitter.com, Instagram.com slash Bite Me Podcast. You can eat gummy bears with Dylan in his house right now. They're Scandinavian swimmers. Uh, oh, from Ikea. Those are so good, man. I love those. Mm. You know what my favorite thing is when you're eating a gummy food is, uh, have you ever had chocolate covered cinnamon bears? No. Oh, they're so good. You can get them at Winco. They're delightful. Highly recommend that. Um, let's see. That's not what we were talking about. We were saying you can, uh, support us on patreon at patreon.com slash bite me podcast you can join us on discord at discord dot nope not discord.com that would not make any sense bite me podcast.com slash discord <laughs> i think that's everything dylan do you want to uh talk with your mouthful bite me couldn't even tell bite me.